0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Waterlad Podcast, bringing you some of the best lads on the planet every single week. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you're keen to support it, go and get yourself some Waterlad merch. Trust me, once you try on the cap, you'll be wearing it every day like I do, and we still have plenty of hoodies and limited edition singlets in stock as well. But if merch isn't your thing, the next best thing for you to do is go and share the podcast for me or give it a five-star rating. It is all very much appreciated but as always I have a lad on again for you in this one so let's get to it. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad, what an absolute lad. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad, what an absolute lad. Oh what a lad and yes I have another absolute lad for you all again today. Today's guest has had a huge rugby career which involves starring for teams including Otago, the Highlanders, Tasman, Rico Black Rams, Ospreys, the Pacific Islanders and of course he represented his country and Captain Samoa. However it's not just on the field this man succeeded as post footy as a seen and become a coach, mentor, speaker and he has recently released a book Tackle Your Success which is sure to be a top seller. So much to talk about in this one I'm really looking forward to it with the great lad Filippo Levy. Welcome brother. Hey, James, hey, what a, um,
1: oh, bro, are you sure that was me? Oh, mate, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure that's someone else that you're mentioning. Hey, bro, uh, oh, I, I love the intro music. I was actually dancing to it. It was just reminding me back in the, in the eight or oh, nineties well, when I was used to dance at the, at the clubs. Uh, anyway, it. hey, it's awesome to, yeah, well, well, sometimes, but hey, it's, uh, yeah, awesome to be on your show. Uh, what a lad. So, yeah, thank you. Mate, stoked
0: to have you on, like I said, so many teams, you've you've seen so much throughout your rugby career and also post-footy and I think you can inspire a lot of people with especially that post-footy transition that you've done and I know a lot of people in the current climate are in job transitions and things like that so I think we can get a lot out of uh, your mind.
1: Well I really hope so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, I guess it's, uh, I mean as most uh, people that go through change and careers or sports, uh, we're very similar. Uh, and going through those um, the same experiences, and I think with the pandemic and uh, COVID, you know, and the ongoing problems with sports and you know bubbles and you know the Super Rugby teams going down to Queenstown, yeah. which is great for for Queenstown and, and Dunners I think that they should have just stayed in Auckland, <laughs> you know, for with, with, uh, you know with, with what's happening really. But uh, hey, it's uh, yeah. So there's lots to talk about this morning, mm. and I want to
0: start with your book, tackle your success. Um, what inspired this?
1: Um, I, I guess with most things, I, um, I you know, I, I quite enjoyed tackling uh, as, as uh, in my career. Yeah. Um, it's something I, I'm not saying I was well known for, but it's something that I worked hard to improve on and and, and try to be that um, you know to add value to the team. Mm-hmm. So there's always about uh, how can I make the impact of the team? How can I change the game around by doing one thing, two things. You know, because I'm not, I'm very different to a, like a Richie McCaw or to a, a a Christie sort of type tackler who who chop tackles and gets the ball. Like, yeah.
0: you know,
1: I'm I'm, I'm six foot five. I'm like, I don't want to go down that that low. Uh, if I can, if I can hit, I'll, I'll hit someone and make a count. You're a um, hit man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I guess there's a lot of um, a lot of that, and then looking through my my challenges for rugby, I thought, hey, well, and going, going through the transition process, that that pain, that fear of what happens next. I thought hey this is just like uh rugby you know you're going to a new team a new corporate team you're going to these people who um who are different to you who challenge you because I'm working with with women uh, people from different religions, uh different uh, ethnicities mm. Uh, because in, in rugby, it's mainly, you know, uh, it's mainly Pakia, Pacific Islanders, Maori, you know, that, that's the, the majority um, ethnic makeup. But when I work in the corporate environment, it was mainly uh, people from Southeast Asia, India, uh, China, uh, Philippines, so, you know, the Americans. Uh, and so you got to, yeah, so I thought, OK, I needed to go through this process. And by doing that was is to, is to go through this tackle process. And I thought, hey. I'll call it tackle your success. Mm. You know, how do you become successful after life after sports? Uh, because it's not easy, but like sports, there's a process to it.
0: And what was the whole process for starting the book? Did you just have an idea and the whole process to go from that idea to get it onto the shelves?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I think in, in the book I discussed when I when I when I left the Marcos, um, you know, I was really I was high in life. I was like, man. Okay, I'm 33, hopefully I can get in the Highlanders again, maybe, maybe not. I mean, back in 2012, 13, you know, that's 33, 34, you're you're considered old in the Southern Hemisphere, this is back then. Uh, Now you've got guys who are 35 still playing, you know. Um, But in Northern Hemisphere, where I played, you know, guys are in their late 30s, 40s. So I was quite, uh, you know, I was quite uh, optimistic, but also uh, realistic of, hey, uh, there's much more talented players who are coming up the ranks, who are younger who are hungrier, you know, they got a, a crack at uh, making the, the All Blacks or the Marcos or whoever, or the Hollanders. So, yeah, so I think, I guess, going through that step and then reaching out f- for help, mm. because help really didn't really start with, you know, it started with relationships years ago through Otago, through guys like David Gibson, who was working for New Zealand Rugby right. Players Association at the time, also uh, Josh Blackie. So guys really, uh, i had trust with. Me for many years playing alongside each other, so I knew them. They really transitioned into their careers, and and they were quite, you know, they were in touch with me to mm. see what I was up to. So I think one thing led to another, and uh, you know, just leaving the room, because uh, you know, when you when you're stuck by yourself, you're not really surrounded by a team. You know, it become it can become quite lonely. Mm. Um, but I have family who didn't really know what was happening. Uh, my, my wife was really patient. Uh, she didn't really know what was happening. Uh, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Um, so I guess you once you go down the spiral, it's, it's, you need to sort of reach out straight away and, and get in touch with those guys who are who want to talk to you, like the Gibbos, Josh Blackies, and, and family and friends who were there. Mm. Uh, and, and that pretty much started the process. And that inspired me to, hey, I need to write this book because I know there's one or two others who might be going through the same process as I went through.
0: So when you finished,
1: did you finish uh, 40 on your own terms? Yeah, I, I did. I did, yeah. So end of uh, the Marcos 2012, I got offered to go to France, uh, in 2013, yeah, I was thinking I don't want to leave and learn another language. Yeah. I can't really speak French. So I can say yeah, bonjour, yeah, uh, <laughs> but but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I had to weigh it up, and I didn't want to go back and flat with uh, other guys or stay with other people. Yeah, so that's pretty much where I said no. I'll, I'll go through this process through the New Zealand Play Association uh, with a careers advisor. Um, so once that happened. Uh, that was it, I made my decision Nope, I've got a plan I want to become a, uh, I want to work in education With adult learners, um, with challenging backgrounds And that was mainly in South Auckland Which I I based myself in Auckland mm. uh, But in all that I wanted to start a school Because I wanted to, oh how can I help kids become You know get more opportunities in education uh, And also I wanted to become a speaker So those were the two things uh, my career advisor told me She said Okay, you want to go in the education pathway, but you also want to become a a, a speaker like a Tony Robbins or a, oh yeah 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 he's awesome he's awesome that guy's awesome. <laughs> so I thought yeah I could be that someone that 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 someone motivational speaker, but I thought oh okay do I get paid for it? <laughs> Wait hold up. <laughs> so yeah you know, I think you just sometimes I was just a bit naive of what was happening yeah. at the time, um, and I guess I had to go through that that to uh, go into uh, the corporate environment for for nearly two years uh, working in, in South Auckland uh, at a uh, private training establishment. Mm. And that was tough. That was tough, man. I mean, I've never come across uh, guys who are, who are all about themselves. You know, the the eye, there's no there's no team in, in a lot of corporate environments. Yeah. Frustrating. I really, was really frustrated. Uh, there was no feedback sessions like the Monday reviews we get, eh, James? Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone was just sort of like, uh, they weren't accountable. So I found it really hard because the values of sports and and and, and the corporate environment were aligned, but not really. Mm. It was different. Mm. Uh, everyone's everyone's on their different uh, pathway, and uh, aligning that is is uh, is challenging.
0: Mate, that's interesting. An Interesting insight into the corporate world. So, how long was that process from when you finished rugby to when you felt comfortable and what you were doing post footy?
1: Pretty much uh, three months. Three months. Oh yeah. Because once that that time when I had no contract, for oh no, there's no money coming in the bank. Yeah. Uh oh. Hold up, there's no uh, there's no yen coming in or no, uh, or, no <laughs> or, or no, or no, or on Samoa, they call it taala or, or, or no taalas coming in. Um, so, and, and that's when things, you know, you, you tend to put p- a panic, you know, a bit of panic. Oh no, or did, I, did I have enough? Can I survive for the next six months? Um, but then when I reached out uh, after a few weeks of just trying to do it myself because it doesn't work, yeah, it doesn't work. Just, just don't try to, try to, try to solve it yourself if, if you're in the situation. Mm. Do reach out to guys like, like I mentioned before. Yeah. And just be really, uh, it, it is a, a, a vulnerable time. Um, and it is hard for many, I'm not saying I'm not being stereotypical, but, uh, males to reach out and speak up mm. and, and, and ask for help. So that, that's the, that's the challenge that I had, but I knew I had to do it because if I didn't, you know, things would have went spiraling out of control. Um, so, but when it happened, one month, two months, and three months, I was, I was excited. I was excited to work to work the nine to five grind. Yeah, uh, I was just going every day to to, to practice every day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and this book, tackle your success. If you could sort of give us a preview, like a little bit like the movies, and you see the shorts, what what would this book be about?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll give you a wee little look. Oh so that's, that's wow, the book look at that! Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, mate. So, um, so that's the the front cover. Uh, that's that's a bit about me and uh, what I'm about now. So throughout the book, I've mentioned about sort of seven truths of of, of a professional rugby player. Um, so you know, some seven truths that you you will know, James. And I and, and I wrote it last year, and, and it went quite viral. And I think uh, Marty Banks, uh, he, I think he shared it. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I might use it because it was trending on Facebook and Instagram. So I used that. To as as a, as a, as, a, as a as a subtitle just here, yeah. Um, so okay, so that will be quite interesting. And you know, if I was looking at some of those truths, uh, I'll give you probably one or two, uh, or maybe three. I'll read the book, um,
0: audio book, <laughs> audio,
1: Amazon audio book. <laughs> so I think uh, I'll, I'll give you the first three. So seven truths of a rugby athlete. I mean, you're an injury away from losing your job. hundred. Two, your performance is scrutinized daily. Mm. Three. You're only borrowing the jersey.
0: Oh, three powerful ones. Give us the next four. So, uh,
1: next four? Oh, you to, no, oh, sorry, mate. You've, oh, you've, you've got, got, got to pay you've for that. Got to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to pay for that, brother. <laughs> you know, like uh, most things, mate, it's taken me a while to, you know, think about these things. You know, for for, for forward, you know, we, we're deep thinkers, very deep thinkers in the scrum, in the lineouts, we've, in the moors, you know, we think really deeply about these things, uh, James, unlike your backs who just kick the ball and. You know, have your cup of tea. <laughs> so did you write this yourself or did you have a ghostwriter or how did it work? No, Pretty much I, I wrote it all myself. I, I did get an editor right at the end of the process yeah. just to check my spelling, you know, spelling mistakes. Um, but it was an was American guy that was my editor. Oh, yeah. So I said, hey, uh, it's it's uh, New Zealand English. New Zealand English. <laughs> so <laughs> so I had to make sure. So if you do see anything that's American in there, hey, hey <laughs> it's, uh, it's my bad. It's, it's, I don't want to blame the editor. It's, it's my bad. I'll, I'll take the responsibility because uh, I didn't explain or communicate properly. So, yeah, I had an editor. I had a uh, a designer um, to, to 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 design the front. So that was a bit of a process. Uh, I've also um, I've got my my framework in there, the tackle framework. So yeah, so a few people have designed it um, uh, to help me with with their process. Of of my thoughts yeah. into a nice picture to make it easy. Because like my things, uh, you know, keep things simple, mm. uh, easy, easy to read. So I wanted to write it at a level where people who are 10 to 12 year old reading age can read it. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as most writers, regular if you're reading players. something that's great for regular players, <laughs> if, if, I mean, if it's too high level, James, you know, it's <laughs> academic or anything. It's, it's just too much thinking. Yeah, <laughs> <too> much, <laughs> Just get put off and put it down. Mm. How do yeah. guys buy it? How do, how do we buy it? Uh, so you just need to go to tackleyoursuccess.com So, so sixteenth of uh, February is when it's open cut, um, and pretty much then you can go order from there. So, awesome. yeah, looking you're looking forward to that, bro. Mate,
0: looking forward to getting my hands on one, and I'm sure most of the listeners are, especially after that little teaser, mate. You've sold that very, very well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, yeah, just, I mean, it's quite interesting. I've, I've mentioned a few stories of the Hollanders some more of Marcos. Mm my challenges in Japan, uh, different coaches I've, I've, I've sort of clashed against and, like, not in New Zealand, well, a bit New Zealand, but also overseas, just, you know, values down the line. You know, it's just really interesting. I've just had to write that and dump my thoughts and and really think about these things. But also being sensitive of who they are. Yeah. Uh, and don't sort of uh, out everyone out, you know, ask them out, oh, you know, um, this person did this to me. You know, it's not a – don't want to be like a feel sorry for me yeah, book because yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not it's about it's more about what happened and uh, and and what did I do next? Mm. I know we're not going to be able to
0: hear all those stories on here but I'd like to hear a few of them and I'm keen to hear through your um, rugby journey which you mate you played for so many different teams so you must have some stories from those times but like all good stories need to start at the start uh, where, did, where did you grow up?
1: So I was uh, my parents when they came from Samoa, Well, I was, I was born in, I was born in Huntley oh yeah and old and down Hamilton. So that's where, so we were the sort of first generation when we came. And uh, so parents raised us here and then left uh, Hamilton when I was young and came to Auckland and did primary school up here and then uh, in Glennis. And then when I was 10 years old, uh, my father uh, decided to go to university at, when I was 40-odd years old. Sure. Um, so he went to study theology to become a minister. So we packed our bags and then we drove to down, down Dunners when I was 10 and then pretty much stayed there. I went to Intermediate down there, DNI, and i did North Intermediate, uh, stayed in Hall and Pine Hill and then went to Logan Park High School, which my older siblings went to. So I was sort of encouraged to go there because my siblings went there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it was great. It was, it was great. Logan Park was awesome. Uh, awesome athletes were there. Chris Donaldson, Mark Dicko. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so you have some um, some great athletes there. Yeah. Um, when I got to about fifteen, sixteen, I wanted to, to go to a uh, to a boys, oh, yeah. so that's when I um I, I made the leap, um, which was interesting because you're going from a co-ed school to to, to a boys' school. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I left there and I went to OBs, and uh, that pretty much started my my serious rugby journey. That's when I took r- rugby quite seriously. The change of schools wasn't because of rugby. Yeah, because I missed out on. I missed out on the Tiger 18s Oh, well, missed out. Oh, I yeah, missed out on the teams. Tiger 16s South Island teams. Yeah. I was a bit gutted. I thought, oh, am I going to the wrong school? Am I, you know, who, who you know who doesn't like me? Uh, am I not playing in the right position? Yeah. I should, I should, I should go back to. I should go back to winger. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's just one of those things. I was quite um, quite stubborn at the time. Mm. I needed to no, I need to go to Toga Boys. Had a few a few good mates who went there, and then that's when I, I, I bumped into old uh, Richie McCaw and Silao uh, Sifol, Eric Nosa, some of the guys there. Jason Carwell, uh, Ryan Martin. Ryan Marden was our was our, was our uh, our captain, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and he uh, so was our wee little halfback. So yeah, so now he's coaching at Mutton Rebels, which is great. Now, True. so what what was Richie like at um, that age? Bro, he was a he was, he was a bit odd. He was an odd <laughs> Um But like with, like with most oddballs, I think he was quite highly intelligent. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember one time we were on the I think it was ninety six or on oh, no, the ninety seven. We were on the bus, and uh, it was me, Tom Palmer, and a couple of senior boys at the back. And then he came, sat in the middle, and the guys were saying, "Oh yeah, that, that guy, um, yeah, that, 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 that skinny kid there. So, oh who? Richie? Yeah, he's he's like an A plus student. So A plus on what? A plus and Physics, you know, uh, uh, calculus and mass and saying, hey, <laughs> and then <laughs> I was thinking, man, this is, this is weird. And then he played and um, he just, he had a great reputation for his, uh, for his work ethic back then. Mm. Um, and, you know, not surprised of what he's achieved. <laughs> You know, because I saw we we all saw it at, at school because he stole everything pretty much, you know, from the ground up. You know, he'll chop, tackle, steal the ball, and he'll give it to me to run. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, it was uh, yeah, but we had a great team back then, um, and we went on to beat the likes of Christchurch Boys, mm. Christchurch College. Yeah, those guys, we actually had to play Aranui High School in a, in, a, in a South Island schools final. Oh, true. Um, yeah, so and then yeah, went along and we won the uh, New Zealand schools uh, top four, uh, which we we drew with uh, Rotorua, but we we won it. So uh, it's a sheer total. So we became the, the first uh, first South Island first fifteen team to to actually uh, to have that trophy. Crazy. And what were you like as a player? Oh, uh, bro, I was quiet, pretty much. Uh, Massive. No, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if it's massive I just uh, yeah I played number 6 I was flanker blindside flanker yeah. so Richie was 7 uh, Eric Nosa was our 8 uh, so we had quite a good good uh, leaf four. Uh, a loose trio, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess I just run hard, tackle hard, you know, just use, you know, use what, 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 what my natural strengths were mm. and also to, you know, to use that for the team, I guess. Did you always think you're gonna have a career in footy? Um, not really because I missed out on all the age group teams. Uh, when I was 17, 18, I missed out on the under 18 the Tiger team. Oh, yeah. When I left school, I missed out on the Tago 19 team. I left, I missed out on the Tago schools. Uh, secondary schools, I pretty much missed out on all that, all those teams, so, uh, national rep teams. Um, uh, but I did make the South Island schools team, which, which is cool, which is uh, you know, um, and I guess uh, that really drove me to to set some standards for what I was gonna do next. Because back at the high school, I had long hair, all right. so <laughs> I had long hair. So it's quite interesting because we used to play, la, we used to play up in Crushish Boys or or Christ College. I used, used to hear them call me Malby. <laughs> Bro, first thing that's wrong because I'm not mouldy. I'm Samoan so and uh, yeah, I got long hair, but I'm sure Maui didn't have long hair. <laughs> so, so anyway, so so I think when I left school, I actually I actually cut my hair. I cut it off, chopped it off, and then uh, got the old fade on. And I think that was a, that was the beginning of of my uh, you know pretty much my, uh, my my rugby career to get focused, get tidied up. <laughs> Set some goals and uh, and play for my beloved uh, Alambra Union Rugby Club after school. <laughs> and you've still got the fade today, mate. <laughs> I've still got the fade, bro. You know what? I've been I've been practicing during this uh, during these lockdowns, bro. No barbers, so I've gone back to the gone back to the two, the threes. Oh. Just hey, it's a process, bro. It's a process. Three years of uh, of lockdown journey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you mentioned you didn't uh, make many of the rep sides, but then you did make the New Zealand under-21s, didn't you, which was a stacked side looking back at that team um, these days. Yeah, you're right. Looking back now, whoa, God, it was a stacked team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many All Blacks, eh? so many professional rugby players who made a career out of it. So um, Was there anyone at the time who really stood out to you, like, man, this guy's going to be
1: good? I think the um, uh, old uh, JC, Jerry Collins, oh, yeah. um, you know, so, you know, who – uh, so, so the brother then back then he was um he, he was a leader, you know he was a leader um and I, I knew him because I, I played him in the in the regional tournaments yeah and I used to I used to I used to clash with him because he was number eight I was number eight for South Island team I don't care who 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 was he was with uh, Chris Masoi with the flankers for Central Regions sure. and we used to just clash bang <laughs> bang it was awesome it was awesome but you know I was pretty sore afterwards uh, <laughs> Sorry. and then and then making the, a couple of years later and then um. Making the New Zealand uh, Colts team together, I remember one one time we we played Samoa Colts at North Harbour uh, at the World, World Champs, and and Samoa were just hammering us. They were just smashing us, and we were only up by maybe two two points at halftime. And we and we got into the changing rooms at North Harbour Stadium, and and we sat down quietly, and all I can hear was Jerry Collins just swearing his head off, you know, meaning Are we scared? Are we scared? What the beep beep beep? What are we doing? And he just challenged us, you know. He just put his foot down, saying, "This is not good enough." Mm. You know, we're, we're not we uh, playing for the jersey. We're not playing as a team. We're we're playing as individuals. We're allowing them to to come at us. You know, we need to go out there and change things. Second half, went out there, pretty much rolled up our sleeves, mauled them. You know, really, you know, we we pretty much grinded them out in the second half, and we won by about not by much by fifteen points, which wasn't by much, but uh, the Sandwell team were. You know, like most of them played rugby here in New Zealand, mm. so they missed out. premier Colts, so there's always that motivation to yeah. <laughs> to smash us. So, so it, and we all, most of them went to the same school as everyone else. So I think there's that motivation there as well. So it's very hard playing against the brothers. You know, going to school here because um, you know there's extra, you know, extra feeling there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think Jerry Collins really stood out as a leader to really, you know, really, uh, you know, really say how it is, how it was, mm. um, and everyone just listened. Powerful, powerful Jerry from a very young age, and then you made yeah. Otago
0: year two thousand. So what's that about twenty two years ago? I know how much rugby's changed <laughs> in the last sort of ten years. Uh, I can only imagine how different it was back then. So what was it like for you going into the Otago environment as a young fella twenty two years ago?
1: Goodness me! Oh. So after the the New Zealand Colts, I um, I actually I didn't make the Otago NPC team. I actually, I was in the bees, the uh, the old killer bees, the, the tiger killer bees, <laughs> um, and then halfway through the season, I got caught in to cover in the NPC squad topside, mm. and then I got caught in again to uh, reserve against the uh, Canterbury uh, team, um, which was a rainfruit shield game, yeah. and uh, that was exciting. I was wow, this is rainfruit shield. Uh, you know, you got both teams will pretty much. You full of all blacks and, and, um, and play, players who played for other, uh, other countries. And I'm going to play it, uh, play at the old, uh, Jade Stadium or the old, uh, the old Lancaster. Yeah. And in the first 10 minutes of the game, uh, John, uh, Blakey got injured, a uh, Locke or Beagle. So Beagle got injured the first 10 minutes of the game. They said, Filippo, you're up. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> By then I was just you know I'm twenty well I was 20, 21. And I was just looking around I was just you know I was just admiring the I was just soaking in the atmosphere because <laughs> it was a packed stadium it was probably thirty thousand there I was just wow this is awesome um, and then he came off and I had to go on and mark uh, mark uh, Torblacker right <laughs> so, oh great this is the uh, this is the All Black captain. <laughs> so, <laughs> So uh, and not long after I came on, Cal Hammond came on after after me. So our, one of our props got injured. I think it was Case Muse got injured. So we both came on at the similar time. So yeah, yeah that was an awesome game. So and then we we, we lost in the last minute. You know, uh, Caleb Ruff scored right in the last dying minutes of the game to to win against us. So um, but I guess yeah, that was an eye opener of, uh, of of really high performing. Mm. Um, you know, at a high, playing at a high level with, uh, with All Blacks and other internationals, mm. um, and I guess that was a stepping stone of really wanted to, to push forward uh, and, and reach reach high goals.
0: Yeah, did you get a lot of confidence out of that game, and did you feel like you'd earned the your teammates respect after that performance?
1: I mean, it was really hard because you know, as a young guy, you, you don't want to go in there as a young guy and tell everyone what to do. Yeah, <laughs> so especially back there, <laughs> eh? pretty much all. Of it. Uh, it was still it was the culture back then that was pretty much old school yeah quite, a, quite a old school mentality uh there was you know there was a, a there was a, there was a lot of drinking yeah <laughs> uh but also there was quite a, a top-down approach mm-hmm. I guess you know um but this is just me that's just me looking from a youngster yeah. and maybe it's just me being being young at the time but and you know trying to gain respect because it's hard to gain respect with guys who've been there for five six seven years mm. And have worn the black jersey or worn the blue jersey, uh, the Hollanders jersey for years. So,
0: um, were yeah. there any players who made it difficult for you or made it easy for you, sort of took you under their wing, or um, guys who were just like, oh, being nightmares to you, making it really difficult?
1: <laughs> hey, there, 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 I, I do remember Brownie. I'm not sure if Brownie, Tony Brown, knew, oh, uh, yeah. knows no, this. Uh, I got caught in the Hollanders in 2001. I was in the uh, Hollanders under 23s. Uh, I got it, was, I was gutted, didn't make it, but. Hey, I'll, I've got to go go through that pain, um, and then I caught into the Highlanders to uh, for the last a few weeks. And I went to what well, the first training, and I had to hold the bags. and the Brownie was getting into me. Yeah, he was just sma- he was trying to smash me. <laughs> and I was thinking, I, I was just going sort of. I didn't want to go too hard on him, <laughs> you know, because because you know because he, he's the he's the so called Kumato, yeah. you know, the old you know. So as a young guy, you know, you know be, you know, be gonna be humble and be be respectful of the of your elders and like, okay, I'll just I'll let him I'll, I'll, I'll let him have this. <laughs> so, but you know, but you know, but yeah, I mean, he's you know, like Brownie, he's he's highly uh, competitive, you know. Mm. Um, so if you're not and you if you're not there, hundred percent mentally, physically prepared for what's going to happen, then then yeah, watch out. <laughs> so this is and that's something that I I learn to make sure I I come prepared. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the time, most of the time.
0: <laughs> was there a massive step up from Otago to the Highlanders back then? Because you still had a lot of the All Blacks
1: playing. So yeah, the back end, so 2001 was when I made the NPC team Otago, mm. and uh, that's when Laurie Maines came came in the picture. Oh yeah. So old uh, old uh, Laurie, uh, one on All Black coach uh, Otago, um, coached over Cats and and Super Rugby in South Africa. So he had a, a reputation as a hard man. I, I didn't really know who he was, only by watching, you know, watching the old uh, All Blacks in, in the nineties, the mid nineties. Yeah. So, and I knew he he, you know, he had an interest in me. He knew what I did in the Colts, so, which was good. He he knew a bit of my background, um, and he sort of was sort of moulding me into that player that he wanted to be in two thousand one. Mm. So, which is that um, tie headlock. You know, someone who can, you know, who's able to have a high work rate is able to use power, strength, you know, and 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 do my job, to do the simple things well. I yeah. think, uh, and and on top of that is uh, ensure that uh, that you're fit. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, when I say fit, there's a there's a different level of fitness for Flory, uh, <laughs> and I think uh, one of the uh, and he was known for in the All Blacks is for his uh, his 150 meter sprints. Which uh, which I came accustomed to for a couple of years, so <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was the biggest thing for him: uh, aerobic capacity of, of players to have the aerobic capacity to last the distance and and, and more, mm. but also their mental toughness um, at the same time. As a young, as a young player, looking back at it, I I, I can see what he was trying to do: uh, really old school running, and you know, and, and it worked because you know we we're we we're always in the top four, we we're always making finals. Uh, but we always came, came against uh, you know the Crusaders, mm. and Crusaders always had that that bit of X factor. They always had that one percent difference where they could you know win in the last five ten minutes or or, or get a penalty, which 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 was something that we, we, we were trying to learn as a as a group and a culture. Mm. So yeah, as was, was eye opener going into the Super Rugby environment because Laurie wanted high standards of and his uh pretty much his his video reviews and this is what I actually write about in the book we been in the book about it of pretty much outing guys in, in, in video re- review sessions. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit it's a bit like uh, KK James. Oh, yeah. Remember KK <laughs> or Kieran? Yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> So so when so when I sorry so fast forward years later, so when I was in the tat Marcos when when K, when KK started doing it, I just laughed because it just reminded <laughs> me of Laurie. But then when he did it when he did it, he he he'll look towards me. Kegel will look towards me and Cameron Johnson, and he'll and give us a bit of a wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's us and you know, i nearly mid 30s yeah. um, and you know, saying, you know, thinking, yep, we 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 had that, we had that. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so, and, and in some ways, you, you, I think you as young guys, I think males, I think males, we, we need that hard line approach. Mm. We, we need that accountability. Mm. Uh, but now, but now it's it's coaches now need to have it and adapt to the player, so I think that's what I've learned. Yeah, definitely, you're right, I mean that
0: hard approach is, isn't for everyone but um, it does definitely work <laughs> like for that. some people, you hear when they look back at their times with KK, some people loved him, some people hated him, it was just depending how much feedback they could handle I, I loved him, yeah. it, it was awesome Oh me too mate, I, I found him good value mate he would not beat around the bush with telling you how you played eh? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think there's a there's a there's a, there's a perception that this generation are are quite soft, which I, I I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. It's just that different generations, different technology, different culture, different uh, you know the, the society is changing, people mm-hmm. are changing, we're becoming more diverse. So, so I think the likes of KK, we we, we sort of need that KK now and then. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's you know the old uh, good cop bad cop. Yeah. You know, 100%. Uh, you know it's, it's it's playing, but also. You know, you you look at the great teams across the world to uh, to Manchester United. You know, to look at Ferguson's, you know, his uh, successes. And I was re- you know watching one of his uh, his movie. Uh, you know, um, and you know he mentions about re- going really hard on a couple, but then being soft on others who maybe who may be the the ones who actually cause trouble in the team. Yeah, because you know, like um, he was uh, that was that was Cantona. So Cantona, you know, the French guy. So he was you know highly emotive, uh, stereotypical French. You know. Uh, He'll do anything. he would just uh, do what he wants to do. But managing that player and that was really tricky for him, Fergie. Fergie. Yeah. Um, so I think successful, successful, successful coaches, um, you know, who are able to manage their players, um, you know, their personality traits, mm-hmm. uh, even those who, um, you know, who are, are different to others who you – know, and now you have um, – Players who uh, who were speaking up more, I think, yeah. on, on social media, which was was never there when I was there. Yeah. It was just back of the day. It was just, give me a call. I'll meet you. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you at the mall. <laughs> I, I'll I'll, I'll meet you at the spacey parlour. <laughs> yeah. So so times are different, yeah, well, but uh, think, change, yeah. coaches need to adapt. Mm. And
0: one one thing that I, that's come up a few times in the questions about your Highlanders career is. Your incident with Justin Harrison, a fair bit of biffo on the field and post the field,
1: apparently. I'd love to hear the story about this one. No, no, that was just that was just silly. That was just silly. That was, oh, goodness, that was, that was, that was the Waratahs, Waratahs 2004, I think, yeah. I remember it because I don't get many red, red cards. That was probably my <laughs> only red card yeah. in my two hundred and fifty year old games Uh Prove one or maybe two, maybe. <laughs> hey, it's not a bad stat. Hey, it not a bad a stat, James. Stat one or two. For someone you know. who hit as hard as hey, you, Very it's good still stat. not bad. You would have had a few. Oh, more actually, these days I reckon. with the Oh, actually, I'll, head. actually, I was pretty close in uh, in Japan because in Japan when you tackle tackle hard, the <laughs> straight away you will give you a yellow card. Uh, so yeah, hey, I just. I just smashed him mid, and the you know, and around the mid area. Too hard, <laughs> too hard. You can't do that as a, as a as a Gaijin. So you got to be you gotta hey you gotta respect their their culture. So going back to uh, that question, I think it started in the ruck area. There was a bit of biff and hitting, you know, as forwards do because your, your backs just do nothing. You know, working hard in there, and then something happened. You know, a bit of a grab, bit of a you know, grab me, I'll grab you. Yeah. And bit of, you know, he yeah. sort of sort of did this and I did that. And then one thing led to another. Punch, punch, punch. We end up on the ground. Yeah, it was just it was just silly. And we got up and then I got the red card. He got a yellow card. That did not make sense. <laughs> did you get him better no. than he got? Yeah. Was that why? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, man. But uh, no, that wasn't. Maybe I was the aggressor, I'm not sure. I wasn't. I mean we both ended up on the ground, came back on on the back on the feet, and uh, yeah. Um and then uh and that was not the end of the story. <laughs> now the good part <laughs> The the good part you'll probably find it uh no, it's not in my book. Not in my book. Well, uh we've got an you're you know, you I think you'll have to go pro find it on YouTube somewhere. Um uh, yeah a couple of things happened after after the after the game it was again it was it was a highly emotive game we uh we were down we i was playing with 14 men for the rest of the second half mm. <laughs> and and pretty much we we had them out and uh they had a penalty uh Matt Burke had a penalty to win the game about forty out on the right yeah. of, of the post you know this is Matt Burke Wallaby legend ninety nine percent probably you know kicker you know <laughs> You know, he, he could pretty, that. pretty much be blindfolded <laughs> and just throw it over. Uh, anyway, he, he lines up and here's me on, you know, just at the bench with my suit. Oh no, if this goes over, you know, I'm gonna feel so, you know, I'll, 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 I'll just fell I'll, I'll let the team down again. Mm. You know, it's like a double blow. You know, I've let them down because I got red red carded, and he gets this as a, like a double double blow. So, so he lines up and I'm looking at them and I'm. Anxiously waiting, crowd's quiet, and he walks and it you know goes through that straw as your backs do, going to kick the ball, and he kicks it, and it hits the post. <laughs> hits the post, and the ball bounces well bounces off the post, and then uh, Neil Brew catches it, and he kicks it out. Game over. Around the field, I saw Justin Harrison. I give him a bit of a shove. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I keep, yeah, and he sort of came to me, and the security guards got in the way, and then a bit of push and shove, and that was it. True. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I think in hindsight, um, that was a, that was probably a, a pretty silly thing to do. Uh, don't, don't do that if you're if you're playing right now. Stay humble. <laughs> I was just excited. I was just like, "Oh my goodness, yeah. Maybe just just good old uh, the get out of get out of jail card." hundred oh, percent. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Love it. And did you ever get close to the All Blacks? Yeah, so uh, I uh, after the the Crusaders uh, semi-final, we we lost in the last sort of ten minutes of that game, um, and then the next day, um, you know, pretty tired, you know, with big celebrations the night before, you know, after Super Twelve season, and and then I got a, a random phone call, uh, and old uh, old John Mitchell, well, it wasn't was on the line, so I said, oh hi, uh, John Mitchell here. Um, blah 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 I sort of slowly awake trying to wake up from my, uh, <laughs> from my big night. Oh, John Mitchell, so was, oh, oh hello, hello. <laughs> trying to, trying, to, trying to sound serious. Um so he so he calls and um, and he talks about uh, my season I went I went really well. And he said look uh, we've not picked you for for the old backs but uh, we've, we've got you on standby. Uh, I said oh hey awesome I well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, cool blah, blah 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 and then and then that was it. Um so back in my head, I cool. If there's an injury I'll be on the team and I went back uh back on what was it, the Super Sundays? <laughs> back on the Sunday and then Monday and then, you know, recovery, uh, sitra, et, cetera, et cetera. And then and then a few th- few weeks later I I I went to play for Lamborghini Union against Green Island and then I, I twisted my ankle uh quite quite severely. So I went to the uh, to the physio, take physio, and then uh, and at the same time, uh, the boys were saying that the the All Blacks have caught up another lock. Oh. Um, so uh, I, I knew, with our conversations, that that that, uh, that would have been me. So I think the the lock was uh, was Norm Maxwell. He got injured in the two thousand two game. So the game coming up was against the Springboks in Wellington. Uh, so yeah, so and I'm just taking it from the call when he when he when he said I was on standby that mm-hmm. I I was the next one to 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 get in. So. Uh, But you know, so I waited one year, second year, three years, four years. (laughs) Am I still on uh, standby? Am I (laughs) standby? Well, 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 by then, by then, Graham Henry took over. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, as most things where you just go through this. Okay, yeah, you go through this. uh, You know, as most players, they think, okay, uh, what's, what's next? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think you gotta just find what next. So I also always, always had a had a vision, you know, to play for Samoa mm-hmm. as, as a youngster. Mm-hmm. Um you know, always admired um, you know, the ninety one team, ninety five in the nineties, you know, they were a great teams. So um spoke to Michael Jones, Michael Jones, um, and then uh, one thing led to another, so I met with him. He had a vision for the team, and then I, I tried went to play trial for Samoa, and then um, and that's when that journey started for Samoa. But before that, I played for Pacific Island team. Yeah,
0: that's right. In two thousand and
1: four, so that gave me a bit of a bit of a sort of view into the um, international rugby.
0: What was that team like? Because that was teams from all all the different um, Pacific Islands coming together. How did it all work?
1: It was uh, a was, was a special team. Mm. It was just, I mean I was you know, I was in my sort of early 20, 23 um you know, and all the guys, 80, 90% of the guys were playing for Samoa or for Fiji or for Tonga. So they've gone through the years of pain, of hurt, of, you know, of, you know, of no money, of not getting paid, uh, paying for themselves, the trials, all these issues I was hearing because it's something I did not experience in New Zealand. Yeah. You know, here everything's, everything, the system here is everything's done, you know, we're professional, you know, off field is taken care of, you know, 99% of the time, you know, and then players just focus on their, on what they need to do on the field. Mm. Uh, however, in the Pacific Islands, it's, it's quite it's, it's quite complex with the political environment, but also the cultural environment as well as uh, as values as well. So, uh, money is not a is not a big driver for players to come back play for the islands. It's because you actually lose money going back because yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you pay your effort then you have to you know you, you provide for your family. You need to serve your family when you're when you're there. So it's like oh, do I want to go back this year? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then getting in the team, I'm making the team. Oh, you know, I was, I was so happy. I was, I was stoked. And, uh, I met the likes of, uh, Vasimo Satiti, mm-hmm. you know, the, who was a captain for Samoa, uh, to Ciro Rambini, who are payable for the highlanders, uh, in Otago. Yeah. Siri Rambini, uh, he's passed away. He's a, um, you've got guys like, um, Sone another player who's passed away, and he was in the team. S- uh, Sitavini Sivatu, he was in there. Mm-hmm. So these guys were just in the cusp of the All Blacks, and they and the team had guys like Norman Lingari, uh, Lingiri. Sorry if I didn't pronounce it wrong to the Fijians uh, to Sirilian uh, Bobo.
0: Yeah,
1: like every time we used to play like uh, like Fijian touch, <laughs> waste of time, <laughs> waste of time, bro. You ain't gonna get the ball from the Fijians, <laughs> and and this is just this is just Fijian touch. Yeah, you know, we we're trying to touch them. It's just, it's just you know, like that, like that, and. Oh, so it's just just the skill level, and I think just the the natural talent, but the hard work hard work ethic, mm. and the the collective team morale you know the collective values that we had really aligned with each other, and that's why we I think that's what we really chugged within two weeks to get ready for the Wallabies, Springboks, and the All Blacks. Mm. Um, yeah. so yeah, now that, that was a that was a special team, very different to the Minor Pacifica team, because yeah. because majority of them have not played for the islands. Uh, where most of these guys are, you know, were, we're born in the islands. Raised there, they know that they've gone through their hurts, and so they they had the extra, you know, the extra motivation mm. to really do well for uh, for their Pacific uh, Island team in, mm. in two thousand and four. And there's some freakish talents in that side, like you've already oh. mentioned. Was
0: there anyone who you're just like, wow, this guy is an absolute freak?
1: <laughs> oh goodness, there was, was just too many. Yeah. <laughs> too many. So oh, it was quite funny, James. Um, bro, we had a simple game plan. So uh, we, we had, we had, a, we had Tonga, we had Samoa, and Fiji. So those were three main attacks. So Tonga was pretty much same way, pick and goes, power. So pick and goes in the middle, power through the rucks around there, and then Samoa was uh, runners. You know, you got your runners. You know, you got your you know off off the ten or off nine. Yeah. You know, coming off there, and then Fiji was wide to wide. <laughs> so you're going back and forth, and you're just going to see space, find find space. So. Really simple, and um, and you know some freakish guys were like um, like the uh, Tanavili. Oh yeah, people Yeah, he was the first five. He was he, he could see things that you know as most things forwards just say just go go forward. But you know he was, he was naturally gifted with a vision mm-hmm. to, to do things and to you know able to create gaps for the Fijian guys, salmon guys. So they pretty much crash through the middle. Other guy was Rambini. um he was he was special that guy. Mm. You know I mean, he had a, he had a mid, big impact in, in Leicester Tigers in Europe, yeah. rugby, winning Heineken Cups and you know those Premiership cups. So, so what what inspired your move to Japan?
0: Was it because the All Black dream was sort of over, or um, wanted to go get some yen?
1: Uh, well, I think was, I think as most uh, players, we we come to a, a point. I was twenty eight by then. Yeah. They they flew me over uh, the club. Uh, and we had a bi week in NPC, M- so they flew me over. Um, uh, well, they flew us over, sorry. And then we we stayed in a, uh in Shibuya Hotel, which is flash. <laughs> so, so there's a big difference to staying in a, you know, staying in the uh, the Octagon, uh Hotel. <laughs> oh, hey, sorry, there's nothing wrong with the uh, Nihon hotels. Um, but in you know, a difference, you know, smack bang of, of of Tokyo. And then went to the club. Uh, they met with us, the, the coaches, the junior manager, and then. Floors back, and then uh, I didn't sign. Then, um, so I met the Highlanders again, and then it wasn't until the end of the Highlanders. I thought I met Michael Jones, so the company Rico has, has come back with, uh, with an extra 30 40% increase of the contract. I think, bro, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. This is it. So, so everything was sort of, you know, you know, you know, it's a bit of that uh, the domino effect, you know, sort of. You know, all that's old, uh, uh, you know, the old uh, the snowball effect, you know. So, like, okay, everything's working. Everything's working. Okay, I need to, I need to take this because a bit of momentum for my career. There's like, there's a shift here that's happening. I need to, I need to make a decision now. So, Signed the contract. Uh, it was my last year for the Highlanders. I pretty much went to Samoa So it was, it was, a change of new things that were happening at the same time. Exciting as well. You know, I got married. Married and this whole mess and this whole mess of the situation, um, and then, yeah, so I went to Japan. Tough, tough for my wife. Mm. Um, not easy. Uh, and then second year, had an Australian coach was quite difficult. <laughs> but you know, it was just I think there was misalignment with uh, with who he who he thought I was because we have never met met each other, so I didn't know who he was. Mm. So there's a misconception, or he had another idea of of who he wanted is in his team because he was now the head coach. Yeah. He decides to to pick his team because he was near the year before when I was when I signed the two-year contract. Oh, yeah. So that could be quite challenging as a player when you're on the outer you they go, oh, okay, this this is not nice. Mm. Uh, but, you know, um, and I write in a bit, bit, of, bit of detail in my book about it, what happened. Um, mm.
0: Nice. And then so you went to Ospreys. Is this because of the relationship with the Aussie coach?
1: No, I just thought I'd uh, done my job there. I, I wanted to uh, go to France or go to Europe. I was, uh, I was getting too skinny in, in Japan. <laughs> True story. I got down to 110 kgs. Uh, what, were you what were you going there? 120. Yeah, it was it was about 122 at the Hollanders. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I gone from 122 down to about 110. And that was lots to do with a lot of we ran lots, mm. we were long train uh, I have runs, run oh, we used to bike, uh, bike around Tokyo. I mean, I loved it. I was, I was so fit. <laughs> I was just oh man, I could man, damn. Maybe I should go back and play for the Hollanders and say hey, put me at put me at number ten. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it was just the, I wanted to, know, I wanted another goal. Uh, it, was, it was sort of nothing to do with the coach by then. But I, 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 I reached my goals for the team, um, you know, and then uh, and Ospreys. Were a team that uh, were able to bring me in because uh, Alwyn Jones, who was the lock then, and there's uh, another lock that was there. They, they were playing for Wales, so there was a so I was able to come in mm. and and uh, and take over. And that's when I met those guys like Alwyn Jones at Ospreys. Uh, he was only 22 by then. I was 29, you know, 30, and um and I met up with Phil O'Tieria. He was still playing, 36, True. you know, yeah. player coach. Uh, Marty Holler. Oh, was yeah, playing. Yeah. He was there. or Chiefs, Waikato, All Blacks, and uh, and Jamie Nutbrown was True. there. Good Kiwi crew. So, 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 so there's quite a few Kiwis there. Uh, sorry, and Andrew Hall. Andrew Hall was the manager. Andrew Hall, who's the blue blue
0: sea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you find it? How do you find the rugby, the lifestyle over there
1: compared to Japan, bro? Um, you know, one 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 training. Uh, I was just we, we went up to the, the training grounds and I was just running and I saw on the table. Uh, on the table and there was a there was a look like a, like, a, like a gel like a hair gel just on the on the table there and so I went up to I'm not sure it was Marty Holler or Jamie Nuprow and I said bro who's a who's a who's, ha- who's hair product he said bro that's uh, Kevin Henson's and uh, some of the <laughs> some of the Welsh boys <laughs> so and I was thinking bro if this happened in New Zealand <laughs> man you'll be you'll be, <laughs> you'll be the laughing stock of the team you'll be you know you know. the boys will just they'll just have you you know uh, so, and that's and that opened my eyes to the culture in Wales because it was, it was all about the look yeah. it was all about being a celebrity uh, but also um, another thing that got me was was that they? Bro, they were as dark as me. You know, like I'm, am 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 brown, <laughs> but these guys were like a dark brown, dark tan brown. And I'm thinking, man, are these are these Samoan guys in Wales? Where do they get their? T- where do, how how come they're so brown? <laughs> so, so that's so that's what I came across. A lot of them were, you know, were, were uh, you know, were tan. You know, were tanning salons. Uh, you know, getting their tan on, which is all good. Hey, it's healthy, healthy look, and you know they they look great. They look. You know, they look, they look like the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, no, they were, they were, no, they were great. The, the Wash guys were awesome. Uh, they had a brand similar to New Zealand rugby. Loved to run it. Uh, Ospreys were, were, were one of the top teams back then, with uh, with Cardiff, um, and you know we used to play the likes of Munster uh, and the Heineken Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an eye opener at that really intense level. Mm. Playing it really closely. Match to playing international rugby, uh, playing against the monsters, playing against Ulsters, um, yeah, to yeah teams around around Europe. Mm.
0: How did that compare to Super Rugby back back in those days? Was did you feel Super Rugby was
1: more or less intense than the big um, Heineken Cup matches? I think with the Super Twelve, what I've experienced is that, uh, and I think the Super Aotearoa and, and the Pacific we are going to experience is that the the local derbies are are hard. It, it's it's hard. It's, it's it's hard because it's 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 fast. It's it's dynamic. It's powerful. It's it's quick. Yeah. Um, it's highly skillful players in, in New Zealand, and that's because of the coaching and the talent we have here and the hard work. And I think that's the big difference. I think um, and you can't really compare because Europe is is similar, but there's a uh, a intensity in the in the set pieces is intensity of, of scrumming for the extra 5-10 seconds where. In New Zealand, it's, you know, well, you know, crutch, bind, bang, you're in, in gone, yeah. ball's gone. Because, you know, because the backs, you know, apparently they, they, they want to play, you know, the backs, you know, we just, you know, give them ball. <laughs> uh, so, so so that's the big difference, I think, is the set pieces. I think the line-out scrums were a, a huge focus. And I think probably because there's, I think the, I think the body shapes of, of, of the European, they can be quite tall as well and quite lanky um you know so and I'm not saying not, not as physical, but there's just a different uh, di- dimension uh, of because of their of, of of their physical bodies and and also along with that you have different uh guys from Romania, you know, these big guys coming in you know who love to pr- scrum and prop and then you bring in guys from Tonga, from Samoa, who played and and, and mixed that, and you got then you got big bodies. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. pretty much you got a, a team full of full of internationals. So, so that's where the big differences, uh, set pieces. The other one as well was the was the respect for the kicker. Uh, the kicker went to sh- to uh, kick the goal a penalty. It was quiet, really quiet. Mm. And here, <laughs> New Zealand, it's like, from we boo. <laughs> Jesus, like, hey, but. Yeah, we it's just really really weird. Eh? It's yeah, just odd. Yeah. It's just really weird. I mean, that's your respect over there, over here. It's like we try to put them off, but I'm sure, as you know, as a kicker, you know, it actually makes you better, a better kicker. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> prove these guys wrong, yeah. and uh, so there's yeah, there's a big difference. But I think going back to the local derbies, that, that, that's tough. That's going to be the toughest games I've played against the Crusaders, the Blues, Chiefs, mm. Hurricanes. Um, yeah, they were they, they were tough and. But now they're playing them back to back. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but I'm sure with the new technology they have, the new milkshakes that they're, they're drinking now, <laughs> they're able to recover in two days. I'm not sure. Back then it was spades and a bit of a pie. We're done. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> so, what inspired the move back to Tasman, back to New Zealand and to Tasman?
1: Pretty much, I um, came back from Europe. I, wasn't, I went to Europe to, to Nottingham. I went there. Um, who were playing in, in, in sort of the in the championship division, just below the premiership. So I had two years for Newcastle Falcons in the premiership. Mm. And I came back here for the World Cup. And then I played those three games for Tasman in 2011, a yeah. couple games, played for Samoa. And then I went back to Europe by myself. And I didn't want to do that again. So I was starting with a couple of mates, um, you know, and then, nah, then I came back uh, in July and then Tasman uh, were looking for a lock and I signed a full year off the Marcos. Uh and I was had a goal to maybe, okay, maybe I'll play well and I can probably try to finish back with the Highlanders or you know, try getting a because I was looking at Otago back oh, then, yeah. separate at a but they, they were pretty much uh, uh, cash trapped back then. They were going through some 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 financial troubles um around that period 2012. So, uh, so Marcos with, with all that uh, all those sponsorship were able to to get me on board, and uh, yeah, so that's when I, I came in, um, and I yeah had a vision. to, okay, I can play well here, give back because I joined it the year before, mm. um, and then I came back to the Marcos, and I knew that uh, Kieran Kenny he entrusted me to to be sort of a mentor for some of the island, for some of the young young island boys in there. Yeah. I think uh, the you know, the, you know, uh, the Jordans who was at. The big D, big big TV Kevin Batty. Yeah. What else was there? Rex, it's Rex. You got uh Kolomatangis. Mm. Um and then and then mixed in that, we got some of the, you know, some of you guys that were there, some of the local lads were there. Um, you know, so just I think we, we me Campbell came in as that sort of that um try to try to settle things, you know, for for you young fellas. Just mm. <laughs> I don't know, I guess, you know, because we're at a at a at a stage of our life that we were okay, we'll give back the best we can um and then see how far we can go. Mm. Well you definitely done that. Look
0: at look at where Tasman have got to since um your little stint. What a what an impact you had.
1: Yeah, no, no thank you. I was I was uh sort of happy to, to leave Tasman. I mean I wasn't happy we lost to Otago in the finals Um <laughs> uh, I was like come on. Um but then a year after that um I was driving somewhere and I was I, I couldn't watch the final uh, and then I, I was listening to the final, and and, and, and you know, we, we, you know, the Tasman won that final in, mm. in 2013. I was, I was just over the moon. I was thinking, wow. And then from then on, I've just been following the, the momentum, the, 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 the momentum shift that the whole, uh, the cultural shift, which I saw, you know, I saw the sort of the, the seeds were sown, you know, years before that. Before I came, it was sown years before that. But I think the coaches, the, the leadership board, you know, the, the CEO, uh, you know, you guys as a team, were, were slowly bringing in a in a, in, a, in a in a change of mindset mm. because I thought, man, this is you guys are combining Marlborough and Nelson, two two entirely different regions and 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 with, with massive histories, and, and then combining it, and I knew that was a massive. Uh, you know, a shift to make in terms of the people to getting their understanding and their buy-in. I knew that's why we had to play at Marlborough. We knew we had to play at Nelson because we want to get the buy-in from the locals. We need to get the, gain their trust. And many years later, you know, you've won championships. You've won two NPC titles. You're consistently in the top four. Yeah, it's been a um, something that I'm really proud of to to be part of the markers mm. when I was there.
0: Mm. Mate, nice. And what was the hardest thing for you once you finished rugby? What was the thing you missed the
1: most? I think as most most athletes, when they leave, it's it's being around for your mates. It's just being with uh, guys that can uh, you know that can keep you uh, accountable. Yeah, because you know guys will we know the guys will call you up if you're you know if you're being lazy, or if you're not lifting heavy enough, mm. if you're not running your lines, if you're not kicking in the corner, James, <laughs> if uh, if you're not getting your lineup ball, if you're not scrumming hard enough, you know just a lot of those micro details. Um, so and then when you when you leave it, you sort of in the book I write about how I start to reflect on a lot of the values I've learned and a lot of the values that we have in sports they're not really common in organizations that you work with Mm. Um, and for us it could be it's, it's common sense stuff you know work hard you know sacrifice your be selfless play for your team play for your mates and I know you know not all rugby teams are the same not all sports teams are the same but I think the values are uh, are similar, and I think the connection with uh, with the people and relationships that's something I missed, but also ha- having that banter as well. <laughs> having that banter, having and also uh, it's, it's unique because one thing I know in teams is that in a in, in circle at the last game of, of a rugby game, you know, we always say, you know, as you know, you know, this is. Probably the last time we'll be in this team. This is probably the last time we'll wear this jersey. Mm. This is the last circle that we'll be in. This is unique. This is the only circle that's similar today. Next week will be different. Next week, next week. So when you realise that, you understand there's you know you don't you don't take that, that jersey you know to to mean nothing because for others you're only borrowing the jersey, and um and that's something I really realised you know the the uniqueness of New Zealand rugby, uh, of Pacific rugby. And and the impact we've had in the, in the global world. Um, also with coaching as well, um, it's huge. So so yeah, so I miss it. But what I've tried to bridge that gap is to give back by coaching club rugby. Mm. So over the last sort of since two thousand sixteen, I've been coaching club rugby. Same thing, same alignment. Bit of banter, coaches, ban, you know, bit of banter on WhatsApp, yeah. you know, this, 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 this. So, uh, you know, it's just great because I think back at the coaches who volunteered their time of hours, hours coaching us as youngsters. Hey, it's, it's about, I think that's part of us as, as, as Kiwis, New Zealanders, Pacific people to, to give back to what others have, have done for you. So because we, we don't achieve anything by ourselves. Mm. You know, if you've yourself, you know, so what, what did you achieve by yourself? You know, if you really think deeply about that, you actually peel back the layers. There's always someone there. Mm. There's always someone there. So, so I guess giving back for me was, was to go and coach sports teams, volunteer to coach some uh, at risk youth. I've done that a few years ago. That was challenging because they were all just swearing their heads off. <laughs> so it was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, but now coaching, uh, coaching a men's, um, uh, a Primero in Auckland, which is, which is great, which is a uh, you know it's competitive, highly competitive, yeah. um, and then just managing that in, the, in this pandemic, which is quite quite interesting, um, and seeing what's happening in the environment,
0: Yeah, love that. What a lad you are! Just giving back, volunteering to the passing on all your knowledge that you've picked up over your years. But as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions, and mate, you've come up with plenty plenty of good questions for the famous author of tackle your success first question is it true you once volleyball spiked a rugby ball from going between
1: the goal <laughs> yeah yeah I did I did I uh, that was at the New Zealand Colts game against England true so uh, North Harbor Stadium so I was just you know as as a, as a lock should be they should be standing near the near the post yeah. you know if you're a lock make sure you stand near the post or you get told off by the first five or the coach, so yeah, I was just standing near the near near the near the post, and I and he kicked it from about halfway on the angle, and looked, and I sort of walked, I was sort of underneath the post by then. I was looking up, and I, was, I thought, okay, I, I can actually jump up and get this. So I waited, and then I jumped up, and I and I and I grabbed it. or I grabbed it. So I tapped it and got it down, and I looked at it. I didn't mark it. I looked around, and then I just ran about twenty meters. <laughs> so did you catch it? Yeah, well, yeah, catch sort of, oh. yeah, sort of was right on the right on the right on the bar. So it was sort of yeah. like I don't know. Just, so that was the sort of going over, but I sort of got it right at the oh, right I at know. the edge. I wasn't sure if it was going to hit the bar or not or go over, but I sort of got it just, yeah. just there. I mean, probably best if you go watch the video clip. I've, I've actually it's quite funny you said that because I actually saw it the saw it last year in my old my old uh, video cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> <I> like that. <laughs> Okay, next
0: one. How often do people mix you up with Ross Filippo?
1: No, no. Yeah, actually, yeah. They, we when we were playing. Yeah, when we were, when I was here playing for the Hollanders, yeah, we did get a bit mixed up. People would say Ross, I know Filippo, uh, Levy, Levy, and people started calling me Levy, <laughs> just call me last name Levy, then Filippo, and then we Filippo Levy's playing on the field, Filippo Levy, Filippo. <laughs> so, uh, so. Yeah, so it did did happen. Um, So people confuse me with the Hurricanes. Oh, you're the guy from the Hurricanes, the Crusader. No, 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 no. Same color, wrong name. Sorry, bro.
0: (laughs) Okay, next one. Hardest person to tackle in
1: your career? Probably the Tongans and Fijians. (laughs) (laughs) Any of them. (laughs) Oh, goodness me. It's like a, it's like a playing a, it's like a a, a freight train. So yeah. It's like a freight train that's going at hundred miles an hour. Uh, so, oh goodness, I think it was actually it was probably top blacker. Was it? Yeah, Cheers. yeah. Because you know that game, I told you I uh, played uh, got caught in in two thousand and then two thousand one, I, I I sort of started, I, I made my way to in the starting a tiger team, and we and I and we we played Canterbury. In the final for the NPC final and uh, up in again at, at Jade Stadium. Mm. Um, and so I was marking, um, I was marking Todd Blackadder. So there's one one time when I, I knew he was coming around the corner that hit midfield, and I came to I knew he was going, and then he came straight at me, didn't stop, it was just T-bone straight at me. Oh, right, <laughs> <Oof. laughs> I was right, I was seeing stars. I, I, I tackled him, I, I was seeing stars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh so he was so yeah as a as a as a young guy that I thought, oh yeah, I can smash him. Yeah. He actually pretty much ran over me. <laughs> um but I actually I actually took him down, but uh, that was yeah, that was, that was sore. I still remember I still can ooh, yeah, I can still remember that uh hit. <laughs> okay, next question. Best Manu Samoa story. <laughs> Best Manu Samoa story <laughs> I think okay, maybe when I uh so in the process of, of going to Samoa I, I spoke to Salala so, so, Salala maps um, and all maps uh, told me, you know, that uh, playing for Samoa was different. I had to, uh, you know, adapt to to the boys and etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So and then I said, oh, I just thought, oh, yeah, cool. That just means that you know, highly skillful. They're like Super Rugby teams. Go over there, you know. And then and then when I got there to Samoa, I did the trial, and we had our first manual Samo training. We were going for a warm up. We did the old four corners, you know, there were four corners, you know, one ball here, one ball here, you know, uh, you pass left, stay right. What is it? Pass right, <laughs> stay right, pass right, stay right, pass left, stay right. Anyway, and uh, we're well, passing the ball, and, and then in the drill, there was, I counted probably like six or eight drop balls. Mm. This is an international rugby team. And then I, I, and in the training, I said, Mops, bro, what's happening? And he looked at me and he said, Welcome to Samoa. <laughs> so, so in my head, I'm, I'm thinking, oh no. Um, I'm not saying there's there's. I mean, New Zealand, we have a lot of we have money, resources here, coaching resources to, you know, so many people to to volunteer or you know, professional teams here. Samoa's different because there's limited in resources. So, and they open my my mind to the to the gap at the club rugby because there's no rugby at, at primary school level. Mm. There's nothing really. In you know, at high school, there's only student schools play it, but it's only now they're starting to put a system. in. I have got a cousin, Fioloi, uh, my cousin. She's uh, she's she works with um so she's great. She's starting to uh, implement a system to make sure that that you know those skills, those micro skills, those basic skills are learnt at a young age. Yeah. Where well, I think here in New Zealand, we're very we're very lucky. We're very you know uh, we have that here already. Uh, at a young age we'll coach to pass this way, pass that way, we'll coach to two and one passes, we'll we'll coach to do this. So so a lot of those things open my eyes up to to the to the lack of resources in Samoa. And um Yeah, so that was an eye opener. Mm. Yeah. Just mump just mup saying, Welcome to Samoa. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It was just like, oh my goodness me Oh well, and now he's coaching them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now he's coaching them. <laughs>
0: okay, next one. Uh what was one piece of advice your father gave you before any game?
1: Probably wasn't my father. It was probably my mother. Yeah. Probably my mother was my biggest critic. So uh, she always watched the game. She'd say, Ah, you're too slow. <laughs> yeah, you're too lazy. <laughs> what happened here? You missed the tackle." <laughs> so uh, you know, as mothers, you know, we we you know we we listen with with intent. We listen with uh, with empathy. Like, yes, mm. yes. So. So, but I think just uh, I think for my parents, it was just just try my best. That's all. Just try my best. Just go out there and, and lead the team. Just do my best and make sure you pray. Okay. So who am I praying for? Me or them? <laughs> so, so, uh, you know. So you know, just go through this. So there's not one thing. There's many things. I think. Mm. But I think the the main theme was just just to do your best, uh, and, and that's all you can for 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 the team. Mm. Nice. Okay. Last question.
0: It's been good so far. I'm looking forward to this one. Best piece of advice for someone going through a career change?
1: Probably want to buy my book. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all in there.
1: It's, it's all in there. But, hey, look, uh, <laughs> I think with change and whole uh, uh, disruption, you know, with pandemic, and um, I think we've all experienced, uh, you know, change in different ways. And through sports, we'll be the same as business, and also, you know, there's a thing going around this terminology called the Great Resignation or the Great Quit, Big Quit. I think people are looking for something different. But also, when it comes back to to yourself, when you're looking for that change, really uh, understand who are there. Who, who are the people that you know that you can trust? Who are those that who've been there all the way through? Um, and if you can get in touch with those guys, or if guys are getting in touch with you right now who are asking for coffee, it's good to have those chats. Mm. Uh, really speak to them, really open up because once you open up to someone else you can start to offload things in your in your head, we want to get what's in here you know, out there at, you know, on a piece of paper when you start to to meet with a, with a career advisor or a career coach or, or whoever, so really reach out to, to the, those people it could be if you're in rugby New Zealand Play Association have people that can help you through that process, so there are people there um, you know, it's just it's just for you to actually start to reach out and start the process so the first thing is to find out who you know maybe someone can introduce you to that person um, but yeah it's just about yeah, just just reflect of, of of those who who can really you know guide you it also comes down to the trust but the plan is only only as good as as how you implement the plan um, because there's so much information out there uh, but only just takes one or two things to, to 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 get the to get things moving for you so um. yeah. Mate,
0: now I see why you've written a book. That is some of the best <laughs> advice we've ever had. Oh, can't wait to read the full book. Um, that is some seriously good stuff there. But honestly, mate, really appreciate you coming on the podcast, um, sharing your knowledge, sharing your um, journey, and all the best for the um, launch of the book. Really looking forward to getting my hands up myself and reading it. And I'm sure all the Wadled listeners who have listened to this episode will be keen to get hold of it as well
1: yeah cool yeah awesome uh, yeah, thank you uh, james you're really humbled and uh, thank you for the listeners for listening um go to tackle and for hale if he's listening or Tipoli, yeah, you got you're gonna order thousands of them um <laughs> so yeah so thanks uh, james and thanks thanks for guys who uh, who listened in and uh, hopefully if there's one thing you can take to apply for your life or to your playing career or or to change uh you know then i'm i'm, I'm happy
0: you're a lad appreciate it awesome mate